0: than most, better than most, critical takeoff, he falls into the pit, he's going to get spanned out, he's got the premier oh my goodness, please make welcome, the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckhart and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor, Condor, Condor!
1: Okay, it's Thursday only, uh, in the Northern Rivers, and uh, I think it's the same day in Brisbane. Sometimes it's a bit different up there, but we are back. Apologies for uh, Monday. Jared uh, and I got swamped with work. Um, some of us need to work. Jared, uh, welcome.
0: Morning, Stephen. Yes, uh, beautiful day in Brisbane, as always, and I think we're a couple of years ahead of uh, New South Wales, but anyway, let's see if we can get ahead on the football.
1: Is it the same day up there? Is it the first day? <laughs> yeah, these two. You sure? You might want to check. Right, uh, well let's uh, let's let's hook straight into it. Um, the matrix.
0: This is your last chance. After this there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. <laughs>
1: You were on fire last weekend, Jared. Review of uh, the bets and the tips for last week. Run us through it because I know we're going to yeah. have some roll gold at the end of the potty.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think we ended up with a nice weekend because uh, I was keen about the Broncos. They covered. Um, got the the rabbits won, but I thought they'd uh, win by more, not cover the line. Certainly in storm did, the Panthers did, and our good friend Liam Martin came up with that any time try. That's two weeks in a row that we've ended up with a roll gold special and you haven't had to pay out. So um, nice result for us all round.
1: Yeah, I think you had any time try score in the Broncos game as well, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, good old Herbie Farmworth, and he came up first. First try of the max. So that was a lovely result. Jeez, he's going to be a good signing for, uh, for the Dolphins, isn't he? Good player. Oh, he's a talented footballer. Very talented footballer and, you know, he's uh, of English heritage because uh, if he was of Australian heritage, he'd be playing uh, origin and uh, um, at a high level on a regular basis here. He's representing his country, he did very well in the World Cup and he's just a standing talent and I can't believe that the Broncos let that one slip
1: through. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great signing for the Dolphins. Well, let's uh, let's sort of go around the NRL and, uh, you know, the talking points in the last sort of four or five days. But, Jared, um, the first one for me is Gus. Is he the great deflector? Like he's just looking to just basically, I don't know, he's just a human headline um, and everything's about, you know, who he's signing, who he's not signing, who he's talking to. But there's no talk about their actual performances week in, week out. I mean, apparently he flew to the Goldie this week to meet with Chris Orr uh, Justin Holbrook's manager. I mean, where would they utilise Holbrook?
0: Well, as an assistant coach, and I think that the key there is that they're looking to potentially strengthen up um, the coach and support staff uh, around um, Seraldo. I think you you hit the nail on the head, though. I think all of this is more about headlines and, and stories that deflect as opposed to focus. So... Yeah, you know, if Gus wasn't doing this, if he wasn't generating this sort of publicity, then there'd be people in the media who clearly have an agenda against him anyway who would want to focus on where the Bulldogs sit and the fact that they've had a very disappointing year and that their results haven't been great. So the best way to deflect and get headlines in a different direction is just to keep creating this content and generating stories. And, you know, Gus is an absolute master at using the media between his uh, his television appearances on Monday night and then on the weekends and then his podcast, he just makes sure that there's a headline out there, whether it's about Latrell Mitchell, whether it's about the fact that he's uh, been on the Gold Coast, all of these sorts of things that generate stories and just move the focus away.
1: Yeah, that Latrell one gets, you know, that, that'll that do me. I mean, he's 25-26, <coughs> he's won two comps. Um, if we remember back to that uh, great Roosters grand final, you know, down the, down the blind side... Um, you know, got those guys to win, um, played origin, played for his country. He, I mean, it, at the ripe old age of 25, 26, he's done everything. And you've got Gus still having a crack
0: at him. Like, fucking
1: give well, it and yeah. I,
0: well, I, I think the key behind this is that, um, you know, talking to people who were in, uh, in Tamworth last weekend when the Rabbits went up there to play at Scully Park, the number one person across uh, the day prior and then the evening of the game and after the game was all about Latrell Mitchell. That's who yeah. the crowd went to see. That's where all the kids were lining up for autographs and everything to do with Latrell. And so uh, it's clickbait, you know, because he is—he has such a high profile. Write a story about him, and in particular, some uh, criticism. Then a lot of people want to read that and see what everybody's talking about. I couldn't agree with you more. The kids are talent, absolute talent. Yeah, is there a question about whether he could have done a little bit more uh, this year and last year for the rabbits, possibly? But we've seen over the last three years that he's been at the rabbits. When he's on, he absolutely is a marquee game changer. And then his record at the Roosters prior. And you, you're right, he's 25. Uh, he's got a lot of football in front of him. Yeah, he's had some injury issues. Part of that is the fact that he's still growing into his body. He's also big a boy, very big, big unit. Boy, yeah, he's a big boy. So. Listen, he's a superstar.
1: Um, the Chooks, uh, I mean, you know, Politis runs the show there. Are, are the reports that we're in for a big shake-up there starting with their coaching staff?
0: Yeah, th- these stories don't get out unless there's a little bit of substance to it. And My mail is that there probably is. I think that's where Holbrook ends up. So, But for the fact for him being linked to discussions at number of clubs and whether that one of those might have been the Knights, and one of those might have been the Bulldogs. My understanding is that he'll end up as an assistant coach next year at the Roosters, and he'll probably be the number one assistant coach beside Robinson. They have a very good rapport. He worked under Robinson before he went to the UK. I think they've uh, cultivated that friendship and and, um, uh, done a lot of talking and working together over the last four or five years. So I think that's what will unfold, and Coming back to your original point, yes, I think there's a significant shake-up ha- happening there, both on and off the field. I think they've got a lot to do with their list. Uh, I think Brandon Smith has turned out to be a very poor buy to date, and I question whether he will be a good buy longer term for them. And that then has to come back to what they do with uh, other key areas of their list. And I Crichton. Is, well, Crichton's a question, Suali, whether they can – Yeah, my understanding is they want to get out of Suwali for next year and get him off to rugby as quickly as they can. Um, Question mark about whether Crichton ends up playing in the next season and they uh, look to possibly unload him to England. Um, What they do in the halves and then what they do with some of their coaching staff.
1: Yeah, plenty happening. I I, I actually don't mind that young half that's playing half at the moment.
0: I think he's a good footballer. Well, I think he is too, but... I think Sam Walker was hardly done by yeah. earlier in the season. And he's a talent. You know, you don't invest two years of yeah. him playing first grade to get the experience in him to then wipe like him, in my yeah, opinion. that hasn't really worked out that great, has it?
1: Uh, Cherry Evans, he notched up his 40... He, sorry, he notched up his 300th game, which makes him the 49th player in the history of the game. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but quite, uh, quite obviously he has had an amazing career, um... Hats off to him. Um, I know he's Vaughan Blakey's favourite player. Uh, one club man. I mean, at one stage, he was going to be the pin-up boy for the Gold Coast Titans. He didn't go. He did a backflip. Everyone in Queensland hated him. He's reinvented himself. He's the captain of Queensland. He's done everything. Amazing career. And well, still playing. Well, he's probably playing the best the best footy of his career, Jared.
0: Oh, I think he is. I think he's had an outstanding season. and I think like a good bottle of uh, red, he's just got better with age. And... He's certainly my cup of tea. I, I've, I've always been a fan. I love the way that uh, he reads and directs the play. And I think another story that's never really got the publicity it should have in the last eighteen months was he re-signed an extension last year. He kept it very quiet, unlike a lot of players that would have gone to the market, tested the market, told their their manager to go and get the best possible deal and then we'll squeeze the Eagles. He was actually very grateful of the fact that he had that 10-year contract that he'd been uh, highly paid, if not overpaid, for a number of those years in the early part of that contract. He actually went back to the Eagles and said, listen, somewhere around the 600 mark, and let's extend. I want to leave money in the cap so that we can bring the next generation through. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe he's on somewhere around 650 a season. He could have asked at least a million a year and if he'd gone to market and wanted to chase other clubs, he's a great clubman and I think he's he'll go down as one of an all-time great at the Eagles.
1: Cameron Guinness, 84 tackles in an 80-minute game. That is off the charts.
0: Well, what were some, some of
1: those around him doing? Not a lot of tackling because he's doing it all. 84 tackles, madness. that's madness. Amazing. I think yeah, um, I think he actually lives in Lennox, and he's from here. I think Chris King holds the record for one half of footy. I think he did fifty-eight.
0: Yes, eighty-four. Yes, King Kingy was a tackling machine, wasn't he? Yeah. Still, still fit as as well, Gerard. Still fit as. His work ethic is outstanding, and I know if you you talk to anybody that was at the Dragons when he was there, he should have been retained. Oh, um, yeah, you know, another masterstroke of Griffin
1: club captain. Let him go. No, no, that was on McGregor, uh,
0: And Yeah, but yeah. Uh, um, Griffin had the final say in the off-season when he first started. Oh, okay. And then he ended up at the Sharks. And then I think the other, you know, you, you and I both know from talking to Fitzy off the record that, you know, he rates uh, uh, McInnes as one of the absolute standout club yeah. leaders at that club. Him and Finucane. Yep, 100%. Um.
1: Pappy, he's back this weekend in Q Cup. Um, gee, I hope he comes back well. I mean, it's been a—it's—it's it's pretty much twelve months to the day. Really, really bad knee injury. Rehab has been handled obviously very. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's been one sort of on a on a knife's edge, I suppose. He's be, he's been everywhere. He's seen everyone. Um, apparently, the re, the reports coming out of the storm is he's been training the absolute house down. Um, in contact as well, a lot of contact. So, gee, that could be a that could be a real shot in the arm for the uh, for the storm coming into the finals.
0: Well, he's absolutely flying at training, as you suggest. How, how good are you going if you're the Ipswich Jets this week? <laughs> you're playing you're playing the Storm feeder team, which is the uh, Sunshine Coast Sharks, and. <laughs> turning up this week and I don't know that the Jets have actually been going all that well anyway turning up this week you've got Pappy at fullback and you've got Olin on the left uh, he has got a point to prove because he got dropped a couple of weeks ago for some uh, poor defensive reads And when those two blokes will just rip them apart well, I think he'll probably get 20 to 30 minutes get some match fitness into him um, you know, blow out a few cobwebs and he'll be in first grade from next week onwards. And then the question is, does he start at 14, uh, his first week back or do you, you're pushing straight back into fullback? Um, I'd say probably starts at 14, uh, meaning at fullback, uh, get 20 minutes into the game, you know, a little, a little bit of the early intensity out and then bring Pappy on and, um, you know, go from 20 to 30 minutes this week either 60 minutes next week and then probably, uh, he starts the week thereafter.
1: Yeah, I think if you remember back, and and Bellamy's the master of this. He did it with Nico Hines as well. I mean, Pappy was the ultimate fourteen, wasn't he? You know, he had him coming on, darting out a dummy half. You know, with defenses are a tired and weary. Um, he could be, he could be a real. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna utilize him as a starter. He might just utilize him how he initially did when he brought him back in the first grade. But you know, a, a former Clive Churchill. Uh, medal winner, um, way too good not to be on the field. So it's it's absolutely well, fantastic that he's back.
0: Put it this way, Stephen, if, if I was to go through the the top three players in the competition in, in terms of my rating numbers, uh, if they're in or out and or where they sit in the game, I mean, Pappy is, is at his best would be in the top two. Mm. Um, you know, and he is just a significant in, in impact on... The storm and the game, um, and I would suggest that he takes the storm's team rating up by probably another four rating points oh, really? when he's back into when he's back into his best form, and that means that they're a very very solid and very competitive top fourteen. Hmm.
1: Well, we need somebody to challenge the um, the Panthers. Let's get into this weekend's round. Um, some real games of consequence. Starting uh starting tonight. The Chooks at home up against the Seals. At the cricket ground, SCG.
0: Well, Steve, I've got the best part of about fifty four <laughs> individual game stats across the game. The Matrix. And it's one of the one of those weeks where it's just uh, throwing up a whole heap of info and we'll try and, and pick and choose some of the key ones. This is the tenth year premiership anniversary of these two playing in a grand final where the Roosters won over the Sea Eagles, so there's a bit of uh, a bit of nostalgia about this tonight. And the uh, the Roosters will be parading those players. I think both clubs are, uh, are parading those players. Um, I believe that Trent Robinson has had a few of them in house during the course of. I think he's got two or three of them backing up that are actually playing in the game who played in that premiership ten years ago. So that maybe that tells you a little bit about the Roosters' list at the moment. Um, listen, they're both really struggling for form. I don't know that there's a lot of depth out of either of their recent games. You know, the Roosters walked through the Titans a couple of weeks ago. The Titans were horrible. That form was frank the following week where I think the Broncos 32-10 last weekend, and it probably could have been 42, if not 52. I think the Broncos were very, very clear and decisive um in the form quality over what the roosters were as a disappointing offering. Eagles, they've got some problems in the middle. They're missing three big fellas. Uh, I think that certainly weakens them. I think some of the form around what they've been doing is also a bit questionable. Um, the market only has four between them. I probably could only be with the Eagles at the plus, but I give the roosters at the SCG a bit of a chance because I think there's probably a little bit of desperation about just trying to hold their season together. Really tricky game to start the week.
1: So ten years ago, Jared, they beat the Sea Eagles twenty six eighteen. You'd have to think it's an upset if the Roosters win,
0: wouldn't you tonight? Well, they're the favourites. Uh, yeah, four, four to five point favourites by the market. I mean, uh, yeah, there is uh, the Eagles come off those last two. Uh, wins they've got a, a you know a slight mathematical chance of maybe making the eight. I think that neither of them are a chance, but yeah, tricky game.
1: Okay, second game we go into uh, the six o'clock game tomorrow night. Uh, the Titans v the, the Warriors. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a, that that will be a cracker, and that's got uh, top eight ramifications written all over it. What do the stats tell cool. us on this one?
0: Yeah, it has, and certainly for the Warriors. Um, you know, I, I love what the Warriors are doing at the moment, and they just keep rolling on. I think they turn up here with advantage. They come off a uh, by. They have all but everybody available for selection this week. So Webster has a nice problem to solve. He's got a very strong lineup that he's known, which also includes a couple of notable guys um, back in uh, Tavaga in particular. So he's got some big boys coming off the bench, which he uses well in his rotations through the middle. Um, I really like their form. The Titans, you know, upset last week, bounced back against the Cowboys. You know, I, I, a good offering. I'm just not sure that they're as consistent as that. Warriors, top three in defence, their record at the line, in covering the line against the market, is the best in the competition. Um Titans off a five day turnaround. Warriors off a buy. I like the Warriors here. Open six and a half at the start of the week, now eight and a half. I still don't think that's enough. I think the Warriors cover it. I thought they wanted the better bets of the week.
1: Jets a strong side, isn't it? When you've, you're interchanged, you've got Dylan Walker, uh, Bunty Foa, Bailey Sieranen, and, uh, and Josh Curran. That's a really good bench.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, the other thing that Webster's done this season with the Warriors is. He's got them winning away. You know, they've won their last four games in Australia. Um, they've won six of their last seven games. Their form is very strong, yet they continue to just fly a little bit under the radar. Mm.
1: The uh, 8 o'clock game, uh, I don't know, it might be a grand final sort of prelim of what we might see. Uh, storm away to the Panthers. Um Signing news during the week: Jack Cogger uh, is moving back to where he started his career, back to uh, to Newcastle. He signed a three-year deal. Um, great to see Jack's a Jack's Jack's a great kid, uh, and he's play, he's played some good football uh, covering for Nathan Nathan Cleary. Um, are the Storm: Any chance here, Jared? Uh
0: listen, are a slight chance, but uh, I think ten points between them is about right. The Panthers' record at home is just absolutely outstanding. They've won. Third in the last 15. Their record at covering the line at home is outstanding, especially night games. You know, 73% of their last 30 games at home at night, they've covered the line. I mean, that's just staggering. Um, their record over the Storm is also excellent. Their record against top eight teams is excellent. I mean, they're clearly the benchmark again this season. They've been the benchmark for the last three years. Uh, and the Storm's record when they're on the road against top eight teams as an underdog uh, is not flash. I thought that if we go back to round 18, it was very telling, I think, the gap between these two. The game was in Melbourne. The Storm were small favourites at about uh, 1.5 line. Panthers down early with the Storm getting out to 16 points, 16-6 I think at one stage, they just rattled home with the last 34 points in the game to win 34-16. And I thought made a key statement about the gap between the two, how consistent The Panthers are and the fact that they're back on a roll towards September. And I think it shows the inconsistency around the storm, especially when they're away.
1: It's going to take Um, a bloody good side to beat the Panthers for this premiership, I think, Jared.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of the storms last nine times that they've lost, six of those have been when they've been away and on the road. And that's the key. They're a different team in Melbourne. And I think they're not at the same level as the Panthers. Really good game, but I do think the Panthers by 10.
1: Uh, the Cowboys are at home, but they're without Val Holmes. Unfortunately, he now won't play to the <coughs> semis if they make it up against a Bronco juggernaut. Um, Broncos are in good form. Uh, he's pretty much got everyone back on the park. Reese Welsh has been back at fullback. Herbie playing well. Ezra Man. Yeah, you know, know he's probably having a breakout season. Adam Reynolds, he's like a he's like a bottle of bottle of good red, really, isn't he? Flegler's back in. Billy Waters is probably playing some of his better football. Payne Haas, uh, you, you just can't. And then you go to their their bench. The only thing with their bench, Jared, is who is Tyson Smoothie?
0: Yeah, well, he keeps getting a gig, and he seems to keep aiming up, but uh, you know. I was talking with you earlier in the week. You look at some of the junior kids that they have developed and brought through and some of the big boppers that they've got in uh, at the backup for their forwards. You know, that Xavier Wilson, Jordan ricky has been very, very good this year. He's back from injury this week, whether he plays. Mm. Um, you know, Kobe Hetherington, I mean, if you get hit by him, you just stay hit. His father certainly taught him how to tackle when he was a youngster. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just depth there. Um, and it it adds to what they're doing. Now, the question, Mark, if we go back six weeks ago about the Broncos, was could they maintain this into the back end of the season? Well, you know, the last two weeks, they've dusted up the Roosters last week. The week prior went to the Sunshine Coast to dust up the Rabbits. They just uh, are on the up. They sit top two. There's a chance longer term that they can challenge for the minor premiership. This is a key game for them in that quest. The Cowboys, gee, if I went back two weeks ago, I thought this is just a cracking clash. But now with Holmes and Nani missing, it just takes a little bit out of the Cowboys. I thought plus four and a half at home was a little bit too big. I can't get my gap between them much more than probably two. But I can't be against the Broncos at the present moment. You know, that form and winning form at the present moment is very strong, um, playing with confidence, Holmes missing as a goal kicker. Nanai on that right edge as a strike player. It just weakens the Cowboys a little bit. And with the Broncos, I think it's a very tight game. Have an outstanding history, these two, of just producing classics. And I think we'll get another one here.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, six on the trot. Very poor um, against the Titans. And that's probably a bit of uh, bit of fatigue, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Todd Payton might get him up for this one at home. Um, but as you touched on, I mean, historically, these games, the, the two Queensland teams, um, they're always cracking shootouts. Uh, I think we're in for another great game on Saturday. Well, and it's. A, and I think, what are the stats on a, on day games for the Cowboys, Jared? Do you have those
0: close? Well, yeah, they're very, very, very good. And their stats at home, they're a lot like Denver. Um, very, very good at home. They've won 11 of their last 14 at home. That's 78%. What about Arvo Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely standouts. And okay. 3 o'clock game, Saturday afternoon, North Queensland, there's going to be points in this.
1: Uh, Berwick might be there on his way to Darwin. He's going up to Darwin for Wallaby <laughs> camp. They need a camp, all right. They need about three weeks in camp. Uh, we move on to Saturday afternoon, 5.30. Dolphins versus Knights. Now, I, I'm not missing the Knights at the moment. If they're if they're on to ter- if they're on Fox at whatever time, I am making sure that I'm sitting down to watch them. I love watching them play at the moment. All this talk about their coach is just an absolute load of crap. Resign him. I'm pr- well. I think they have resigned him or extended him or done whatever they should be doing. The players quite obviously are playing for for uh, for their coach and themselves. Uh, this is their last away game before they get free
0: at home. Um, this one's in Perth, Jared. Yeah, we've got a double header in Perth here on Saturday afternoon, and 5:30 on TV on the Eastern States, but Perth time it's 3:30. Uh, it'll be warm, it'll be dry, and I think we'll see some open football in this, and then the next game. And I'm the same as you. I, I just love the way the Knights have turned the corner over the last couple of weeks. Won their last four, but most notably those last two games, beating the Storm at home with a lot of quality around that. And, you know, I suggested last week I just wanted to stay away from that game against the Raiders in Canberra where their record was very poor, but I liked some of the quality out of that game the week prior against the Storm where they just produced from the opening minutes. They were on, ready to go, right from the outset. Uh, Absolutely gave it to the Raiders with enthusiasm. Uh, Some very key coaching moments, I thought, from O'Brien. I thought he was tactically very clever about where he wanted to play the Raiders, in particular short-side raids down the left edge with Hastings reading Fitzgibbon and then reading Hindaponga and just ripped them apart. Uh, it's strong form, 28-6 against the Raiders. I know there's some question marks about the depth behind the Raiders because of their soft draw, but they were at full strength last weekend.
1: At home. Um, at
0: home. You know, that's a big win. Now, they go to go to Perth here. And the Raiders' record on the road is a little questionable. The Raiders' record in particular when they're a favourite is also a little bit questionable. But I think they get the right opponent. You know, I think the Dolphins are just uh, treading water uh, through the end of the season here. Typical of Bennett, he's trying to get the best out of them. But beaten by the Bulldogs last week, the Bulldogs sit bottom three.
1: Yeah, they're down Um, on troops. I mean, when you have a look at that lineup, he's got... You know that the new kid, you know the big centre Tiwari in the centres, and Cody Makarima <coughs> trying to, you know, they're bandage solutions unfortunately with their depth. So they well, are and they're, they're, and they're sort of limping into the end of the year. They'll be way better next year. They've had a cracking first up uh, year 100%. really, but they are really starting to hurt with injuries.
0: Well, they've got three or four key outs here, and I, I think they are key outs. In particular, two quality forwards. Uh, and then Aiken on on an edge. Nick Aruma going to the centres will leave me out of that. Mm. I think uh, I think Bradman Best will just give him an absolute bath. So there's an any-time try scorer for you for Ooh. this week. He's not the best, but he's one of ours. Um, Bradman Best to be scoring a try. I just like what the Knights are doing. I think they're full of confidence. Uh, I hope we don't see any complacency. If we don't and we see a similar start the last week, I think they give the Dolphins a bit of a bath.
1: Yeah, look, and, and I, I've got to take my hat off to Kalen Ponger. I've been very critical of um, his time on the field since he's been, uh, you know, their sort of pin-up player. Um, I think he's made some really key decisions this year, which has put the Knights, you know, 100%, um, you know, number one as far as Kalen, uh is concerned, as in, you know, Origin, he was obviously left out of the side, but then he sort of didn't entertain the possibility of even being in the squad. He wanted to put the knights, um, you know, forefront in his uh, in his mind. Uh, according to uh, to Beric, he's he, uh, during that period with his uh, when he was off the field with his head knocks, he's absolutely trained the house down, um, and he's play, he's come back and he's he's playing with so much confidence, and he's so good to watch when he's in that sort of form, and
0: he's really leading the knights really really well. Couldn't agree with you more. I think he's really stood up in the last six weeks. I think his leadership on and off the field, clearly what he's doing on the on the field, I think his form of the last six weeks is the most consistent, uh, top-level offering that he's played in his career, Agreed. and yeah. he's, a, he's a very significant reason about why they're going so well, but he's leading them. You can see that he's engaged with his teammates, and his teammates are engaged with him, and it's a big plus for what they're doing at the moment.
1: Yeah, and they probably had to trial it, you know, playing him at 5'8". And you know, I think the good, you know, the good judges were, uh, "What are you doing?" Um, and he's back where he belongs. He's a fullback every day of the week, and he, and when he's in the form that he's in, he's one of the best fullbacks in the comp. Um, yep. We move on to Saturday afternoon, the second double header: Rabbitohs versus the Sharks. The Sharks are pretty much on life support at present. Um, they got injuries, they got suspensions, and they're not playing well.
0: No, they've got the hippie, hippie shakes. And I think somebody turned the life support off a week or two ago because they've lost their last three. Um, the out of Kennedy here on the back of Wilton, Kofusi mm. and and that's four very key outs. But Kennedy is so instrumental to what he, they do in attack off the back of Hines, uh, in particular on their right edge, but down either side. He missing and Connor Tracy going back there, that's a significant out and gap. Uh, the Rabbits win here. I guess the key point is whether you think they win by the line, which is somewhere around 10 to 12 points. I think they probably do. I'm a little bit burnt by the Rabbits betting the line around them over the last couple of weeks. I'm happy to just watch. Their record in their last nine games is only three wins. They need to turn that around. They're a chance still of making the top four, uh, and they need to win games like this and start to improve on the up. Key clear, uh, clearly behind their draw at the moment is this run of travel games. In, uh, Sunshine Coast two weeks ago, out to Tamworth last week, across the Perth this week. Sooner or later, that may also take a bit of a toll with the rabbits. I think they win clearly. Um, I'm a big watch on just the cohesion and more importantly, the intensity that they need to improve in defence
1: uh on to the dragons versus the the eels uh, this is an away game for the dragons uh they were poor last week um, and you know the eels are hanging in there they've they've again suspensions and injuries in the last month have really cost them especially suspensions uh, mathematically they can still make the 8 uh, are they going no to make chance no chance okay right no chance so what are we doing oh, in the eels
0: eels win They win easy Lions 15 and a half i think they win by more than that i su- suspected something like a 18 to 24 point margin i think they uh carve up the dragons here dragons lost their last eight away games lost 10 of their last 13 against the eels i think that form line's horrible i think they're just waiting for mad monday and the end of the season probably uh see a couple of late changes for the dragons uh, I'm hearing Sewer and DeBellin already out. They just can't afford to be without those key guys in particular in the middle. Uh, Eels, very good record at home. They get Dylan Brown back. Uh, they get Weremero Greg off the bench. They're a stronger lineup at home. They'll be winning, and I think they'll win by a margin. There mm. is a roll gold good thing, anytime try score in this game. Is
1: it? is it? And I'm sure it's yeah. not a dragon. <laughs>
0: I'm sure it's not. Let's go to Mr. Panisi. Oh, Will Panisi. Will Panisi, outstanding form this year for the Eagles. I think he's taken his game to another level. Listen, I think they carve up the Dragons on an edge, in particular his edge on the right. Let's go for him as our roll goal good thing, as an anytime try scorer for the weekend, somewhere around 210 at the moment. I think that's uh, money for jam.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, Dylan Brown returns. Gee, they've missed him, haven't they? He's, he really. I, I mean, you don't want to point it at one player, but his suspensions really cost those guys.
0: Well, ab- absolutely, yeah. Uh, he should have been taken out the back and given a little bit of a, a talking to a few weeks ago, which I'm sure has probably occurred. I expect that he has a lot to prove, but they've also been short of uh, some big men through the middle with Campbell Gillard out and Werner Gregg out. Now, they get one of those back, that will also help strengthen.
1: Okay, I'm not sure I'll be watching this one, 405 Sunday Avo Raiders versus the uh, West Tigers. We've actually had, dare I say it, maybe seven days where we haven't heard some sort of rumour coming out of the Tigers about coaches, Scott Fulton,
0: signings, sackings, whatever. Amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. Listen, I think there's points in this game. Um, I know the Raiders have a very, very poor record as a favourite and a home favourite and at a position of 10 to 12 points. But this is the week where I do think that they bounce back. They've got a very good record off a poor defeat of bouncing back. If we go through this season, earlier in the year, absolutely carved up at home by the Panthers, 53-12. The following week, they went to Brisbane and beat the Broncos. You know, a few weeks later, they had Manly come down to Canberra, absolutely walked through with a 32-14 loss. The following week, they go to Sydney and beat the Rabbits. Mm. And then a few weeks ago, they had the Warriors turn up on Mr. Croker's 300th evening, absolutely carved them up. Yet the following week or the following game, they then beat the Roosters. They've, they're, they're hot and cold in trying to catch when their poor game is like last week, but they do have a good bounce back. And I think it's the right week. They stay at home. Their long term record over the Tigers is very commanding 10 in the last 11. The other thing about the Tigers is when they travel distant, they do not play well. Nine in the last ten times, including last week when they went out to Scully Park. When it's a distant away game, they've lost. Their record at such is very poor. I think it's the right week where the Raiders can um, put the cleaners through here. They've got a point to prove. They need two points. Um, they need a good performance. I think they've win by 12 or more and cover the line. only worry I have about the game, Stephen, is uh, just have a look who has the whistle. hmm What's a worry? Your your friend and mine. Oh. Uh, the bunker? Peter Goff.
1: Oh, dear.
0: Yeah, right. He seems to struggle at this level, and yeah, I think he, uh, uh... he seems to influence the game. Anyway, let's hope the Raiders are good enough to cover that and uh, get away with a nice...
1: He's definitely at the low end of the uh, refereeing bucket. Um... Don't even start on the bunker, Jared. I'm I'm trying to hold hold out going to town on the bunker for the whole podcast. I, I hope we get through a weekend and the back end of the uh. year, semi-finals, grand finals, where we don't have to talk about the bunker. Some of the t- bunker decisions last week were absolutely disgraceful decisions.
0: Well, I, I'm not sure what's worse, Stephen. Some of those decisions, or then the justifications on Monday, it's just absolute rubbish.
1: I must say, I, I'm actually that strongly against the bunker, I just don't think we need, need it in the game. I, I, think yep. it's, I think it's a real slight on the game. When you have decisions where, uh, you know, like last weekend in one of the games, I think it might have been the Dragons game. Yes, he's crossed the line. Yes, the ball has been put down, um, but we're not going toward to award a try. Like, how the fuck do you get that decision out of that summary?
0: Well, I think the problem is that if, if we go back four or five years ago, we were told that the bunker was about taking the howlers out of the game. Mm. And to do that, what they were going to do was maintain uh, probably three officials to just do bunker work every week so that we've got consistency. We've now swung three, four, five years later that we have a rotation of on-field referees and or touch judges that sitting in to do the bunker. And we now have a myriad of inconsistency. Oh, the inconsistency
1: um, and the influence that it has is ridiculous.
0: We're always going to have inconsistency, but if you bring it back to two or three officials doing that same work every week, you're going to lessen that because they're consistently watching from the bunker and getting decisions right. We've now turned that upside down. It's They've just gone down the wrong path and yeah there's there's two or three very key bunker errors every weekend
1: there is yeah and they're and they're blatant where your normal you know uh n r l fan just sits there and just and they know they know whether it's a try or not like your 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 fan that sits there and watches four or five games every weekend sitting there just going they're they're not going to give this or they are going to give it like they it's just it's pretty bad. Anyway, uh, we will be back on Monday. So, Jared, in summary, before we go, what are our Roll Gold specials this weekend?
0: Stephen, the game tips. The Roosters by two, the Warriors by 12, the Panthers by 12, Broncos by six, Knights by 18, Rabbits by 16. I think Sunday ends up a bit of a bath. The Eels by 18, the Raiders by 16. I thought the best of the week was the Warriors at minus eight and a half, six o'clock Friday afternoon against the Titans. The best roll goal good thing as an anytime try scorer certainly will Pacini for the Eels, somewhere around 210. And I thought the other second good one for the weekend was Bradman best for the Knights against the Dolphins.
1: I wonder if you it, uh, have a quick look, Jared. What's Bradman best any time try score into Panisi?
0: Uh, that would be about $4.20 uh, when I took it, Steve. Oh, okay, you're on. <laughs> Righto. Okay, we will
1: be back on Monday. Roll gold, Matrix. We'll all be here. We'll review uh, We'll review the weekend. Um, hopefully uh, we see some good footy. Hopefully we see those knights marching on and hopefully those two bets get up.
0: I think there's three or four games that are really worth looking at and going to have a nice influence on the table. Beautiful. Catch you Monday. See you Monday. See you, do Gun smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. (laughs)